Episode number 64. Can you pull that off? <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had worn them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So that Robert Frost poem um, is one that I had to study in school. Yeah, and I thought it was this one that I memorized, but it's actually the other other one, the uh, dust of snow. That stopping one. Stopping by wood on yeah, a snowy that evening. One. Yeah. Yes, um, but this one is powerful in and of itself as well. In terms of, um, I read somewhere that this is one of the most remembered and known poems in like all of American literature. Is it? Yeah. All right. Cool. Because it, is it one that did you have to study this one in school? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I can't. It doesn't like that. It feels like I've always known it, so yeah. I can't remember actually studying it, but yeah. I'm sure that uh, must be. Yeah, no, I do remember studying it. We had to memorize the other one, but definitely study this one. But it's the uh, imagery of that and the and and a couple of things for me. One, you know, having read it in the beginning, when you think about your life when you were young and you have all these choices to make and which one to choose. Um, and we probably looked at the road different then, as in it's exciting. I got these two roads, which one do I take? But now, and maybe part of what we're going to be talking about today, as we look at those crossroads, it's like you're looking at the road that you're actually on, remembering different sections where you could have taken a different road and what does that actually mean to our lives now and um, does it make us, the word choices make us who we are, I think is one of the things we wanted to talk about. Yeah. And then if we're looking back on these different crossroads, has it made a difference to the one that you've taken? Um and there's always that, well, what would have happened if I had taken a different road? There was a great um, quote that, uh, if I can find it in my notes, that was given by um, a guy during his commencement speech, and you'll love it because it starts off with Socrates. So um, this is Parker Palmer gave this commencement address, starting off with, if the unexamined life is not worth living, it's equally true that the unlived life is not worth examining. So he was kind of saying, yeah, no, don't, don't sit around contemplating all of this, what could have happened, what could have been. But, you know, yeah, that road not taken is quite a powerful image in all of our minds, I think. But I, I think you're right in that one, what Parker said, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. But then at the same time, some of the other things that we've, we've read, it actually is not so not looking back and regretting which road you've taken but looking back and realizing that even not taking those roads are still a part of you and have shaped yeah. who you are yeah today I found, yeah there's been end. some really interesting reading i really liked reading for this yeah and i, yeah. I mean i really liked that, that passage that you sent across for a number of reasons um in there um just talking about even though i said don't fantasize about it i think there's something around um because I did this exercise, and it was a breadcrumb exercise, I called it, which was to go back and look at these really tiny moments, not big ones. It's easy to look at the big ones and say, oh, I made this monumentous decision, and it was, it's the really tiny ones that I found as an interesting drill. So this breadcrumb exercise I did was trying to figure out. So basically, I started it from, are we the sum you know, of all the choices that we made up to this point. So every choice we've made has led us to be set at this table right now, having coffee, yeah. doing the Havana Cafe sessions. And it's yeah, yeah. a whole of our lives that led to this point. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so what 
so and just think about that. Now, what choices could have made it so that this podcast didn't exist? One, if we hadn't have been in a Starbucks coffee house at the same time yep. on that one day. And two, if you hadn't have spoke to ask something of the um, server and then I heard the American accent. And then if I had been more introverted like you, I would have <laughs> never had said, hey. Oh, but I'm quite chatty. I do right. have the American uh, <laughs> chatty to strangers uh, thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. So then we struck, struck up a conversation. But a lot of little things could have happened that day. I could have come an hour later. You could have left an hour earlier. And our paths yep. would have never have crossed hints. No Havana Cafe session. So good thing yeah, that those yeah. things happen. But it's those little tiny things yep. where you think, had you made a different choice, chose a different road, small as it may be, can have huge impact on your on our lives. And it yep. does. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one of the reasons that this idea had stood out for me, I feel like I'm quite a decisive person. I don't I kind of feel very lucky that I inherited this trait from both of my parents of not really, um, you know, what my family calls kind of mithering about your decisions. Once I've kind of made a decision, I feel like I just move forward with it. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's quite lucky because it doesn't seem to be something that I have had to work at that hard. It's just kind of my personality is a bit like that. Or maybe, you know, growing up with my parents and them being how they are. Whereas, you know, you see the indecision can really impact people. Like my husband has a real hard time with certain decisions. And um, so anyway, I was having this conversation with a, with a long time friend of mine. Um, and this was years ago, but this is like one of those moments where you're having a conversation really sticks out. And she was like talking about how she couldn't decide what to do with her life. And she was saying that like every choice I make is the death of all other choices. Mm. And never really thought about it like that. But that's a really powerful image to me of, of, the kind of mourning of all the things that every time you make a choice, it's like, how much do you feel the mourning of all the things that that means you can't choose? That's the quantum physics idea, isn't it? Collapsing a wave. Oh, really? What does that yeah, mean? So collapsing a wave is that, that every choice exists, but into the moment of you make a choice, then it collapses the wave. So, if we, you know, the whole sort of um, Schrodinger's cat. So we put the cat inside of a box and put also an isotope so that would actually kill it but you don't know whether the cat's alive or dead inside the box because it's sealed and that the until you make the observation of whether it is or not the cat is both alive and dead until you actually look inside of the box and then the wave collapses and you have only that choice that's there but, right yes okay yeah, yeah yeah see for me yeah that i that uh, example i've heard it so many times and i'm always like wow it's like really weird thing. I can't quite wrap my head around it. But I have really found that in my own experience with having kids, because before you have kids, and you know, this can be, you know, people can think about this in terms of any like, I suppose, career and all kinds of stuff. But, um, you know, things are kind of infinitely possible, the kind of children that you might have. And then, you know, one day you kind of, you have your kids and you're kind of done and you kind of look at your family and you're like, oh, this is it. And there's kind of a, for me, there was like this weird moment of kind of, I don't know if mourning the the, the end of possibility is, is the right word, because it didn't feel like sad, but it felt moment, like it felt momentous in some way, you know, like. It's definitive. It, yes, yeah. exactly. Like, okay, these are the two children I have, and this is what they're like, and I got two boys, and so that means that the. You know, but the possibilities doesn't stop. Think about all the things. Here's where they say that you know our parents screw us up, right? So think about all the influences that you're having on your kids right now, and the, and what choices that they are making that's going to have a consequence later for them, and hence you if you're still around as well. So it, that cycle is. So in terms of oh, it's those still two going. Kids, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and so no, and that's exactly going, the other thing about what makes parenting so impossibly difficult yeah, no, is because you just if you, you think know. too much about how how you're influencing their your kids and how even like small decisions you have to make on their behalf are going to completely change the course of their life. Yeah, you, you can't. You would explode. So you yeah. just have to go with it. And they just that's have to right. deal with it, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's no, just, I think just that's the cycle right. of life, isn't it? So, I mean, they're just going to have to deal with what whatever that is 
And then they make their own choices and they'll do the same with their kids. You just have no yeah. choice because you can only be human, right? And just yeah. Gotta yeah. do what it is that you do. And <laughs> yeah. And we work it all out. It was a great um, quote in the in the Matrix. One of those clips I sent you when he, he's with the Oracle and she's offering him a sweet and he goes, You already know that um, you know whether do you know what do you already know which one if I'm gonna take it or not? She goes, Yes, it would be much of an oracle if I did it. And then he's like, Well, that really doesn't have much of a choice or why am I here or something like that. And she goes, Well, you're not here to make the choice. You've already made it. You're here to understand why you made the choice. Candy? You already know if I'm going to take it? Wouldn't be much of an oracle if I didn't. But if you already know, how can I make a choice? Because you didn't come here to make the choice. You've already made it. You're here to try to understand why you made it. I thought you'd have figured that out by now. And I think in life, we have to do that at some point in time, isn't it? You've got to take a step back to understand the choices that you've made you know why did you make them and what are the sort of impacts that those choices have had on you in terms of making you who you are like today and because a lot of times what I find with, with dealing with people is that a lot of folks maybe haven't done that so they're not aware of the f forces that are influencing them yeah and they kind of just act by whatever programming that they have but not actually ever realizing what sits behind the choice. Hence why I think doing something like the breadcrumb yeah. exercise or doing this is yeah. valuable because then you can make a decision, another choice to say, yes, I'm happy with what that choice has led to and what it means to me in my life now or no, actually, and I can create another set of choices. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know. I think that's right. And I think that that's where that other article kind of came to about why, it actually is maybe worthwhile to examine those paths or lives unlived and roads not taken and stuff is that it, the ones that stick out in your mind say, you know, I think that the kind of main point of the article was if you think about the, those roads, they say more about what you feel like you're lacking in your real life than they do about any kind of real possible other life that you could be living right now because of hmm. course you know we don't know that because it sometimes um, comes to the discontentment isn't it so sometimes if I have a hole in my life right now then I'm thinking and I'm looking for answers as in why do I feel this way why am I sad why am I you know angry at the world or you know so what's what's the hole in my life that's missing and it's easy to look backwards and say well it's because of the series of choices that I made and wow, if only I had decided to take that job as opposed to take this job, then my life may be a heck of a lot better than it is now. Or if I chose, you know, instead of coming to live here in Europe and stayed in the States, you know, I had the choice between going here or going to Colorado. What difference might that have made, you know, in terms of overall, or even getting out of the army for me? Just Was that know. before you met Ruth or after? No, no, I was here. I mean, we that was when we were living in the States and I was just finishing up with marijuana and it was, I had a job offer in Colorado and then I had a, a job offer here in the UK, which was only temporary. So it was a really quick decision I had to make because this one was only meant to be six months, whereas the other one would have been permanent. But huh. I took the risk and said, okay, well, I'll go for the six month one because I just believe you can make your own luck. So if I do the six six month one, and while I'm over here, then I I've got six months to influence how I can stay. And so I went with that as opposed to taking a settled, <laughs> yeah. you know, solid job uh, in Colorado. But it's it's those it's those things when we look back and we say, well, what is it? Yeah, what is yeah, especially. And I think whether maybe that article where you were saying don't look at the you know don't spend too much time looking at it, is when people look backwards from a regret standpoint or a nostalgic standpoint saying that, you know, my life isn't complete in the whole as it is now. So either I'm regretting the decision I'm looking at or I look backwards in a longing manner um, thinking, you know, back in the days things were so much different when I was in this sort of space. Flip that around to the future as well because I think one of the articles you sent to, they talk about how we spend a good, majority of our minds in the past or the future and in both instances 
Um, it's because we are looking to escape where we are in the present. So you might look to the future to say, oh, this choice to make here is going to have all this. I'm going to be great. I'm going to have a great big giant car and all these things. And I'm going to be super happy yeah. when these things happen. And so we live in that space or we live in a past. But as Yoda and others have said, it was about the present, you know, living here where your mind is now, you know. Yeah, there's a... Um this, uh, I think, is the was the, the Adam Phillips article, the missing out one. Yeah, it might have been that of. one. Yeah, yeah, because he he uh, the another in my you know OCD notes here. But you know, actually, I had this really interesting conversation with someone saying, um, "This is me, a little justifying my little notebook uh, here." Notes. No, I like your notes; they keep me good. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't have to someone, make any choices. Someone I know was saying their grandmother the used to keep. Um, books and they would write down um, she would write down little passages that she had come across just wherever and then it, when she was done with that notebook she would just give it to someone as a gift All right. and that was really nice I thought that was like ooh well some people say you know making like uh, like journals and things like that are great ways to remember who you were yeah. At different points in time in your life. And I, I don't know if, do you journal or keep a journal? Uh, yeah, often, not not so much yeah. recently. Because it's quite yeah, interesting when I go back to my archive of journals and read them. Yeah, which is which is very much like, wow, I was at such a different crossroads there. And it, like if I had done something different there, yeah. how different my life would it's be. Quite, yeah, It's quite interesting when I read and I look at them to see how things are different, but also how things are the same. As in maybe wrestling with mm-hmm. some of the same, um, yeah. Because you're things. still you're still taking your old body down the same. Yeah, that's that's husband leaving. That's who? That's my that's Stephen leaving. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It's not the kids escaping. I thought the kids were escaping. We're, we're, uh, I thought the kids were like. For those of you who are uh, listening in, um, yeah, we're at my house actually today because it's summertime and the kids are home and so they're upstairs rotting their brains on. Yeah, right. no, I thought it was the kids TV. deciding that they didn't want to, you know, they were <laughs> like, I had enough of it. Mom's we're not taking yeah, kids, right. let's go. Mom's distracted. We're doing the podcast. Let's uh, get the keys and take the car and go for a little joyride. They would right. love it. So, um, so this uh, Adam Phillips thing he says, and I, you know, one of some of these, I've written down so many quotes from all this reading, but he says we refer to them as our unlived lives because somewhere we believe that they were open to us, but for some reason, and we might spend a great deal of time trying to find and give the reason, they were not possible. And what was not possible all too easily becomes the story of our lives. Indeed, our lives. Our lived lives might become a protracted mourning for the lives we are unable to live, but the exemptions we suffer, whether forced or chosen, make us who we are. So, in other words, the choices we made make us who we are, for better or for worse. But yeah, you know. If you think of any time travel um, as movies and sci-fi stuff as well, it's like if you change mm. one, like I think about Back to the Future. Um, and oh, yeah. Marty meets his mom, and oh, she likes him, and she yeah, and she so she's falling in love with him instead of her dad, and then he sees mm-hmm. that um, you know they start disappearing um, because of the, you know he changed that one thing. And I my all time favorite movie um, ever, which is a bold statement, I guess, because I like I'm gonna I'm, I'm sitting in my seat now. <laughs> is it's a wonderful life ah. uh, with Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed, and it's all about that. Where he, you know, he's everything's going wrong in his life. He never. So I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, it's definitely worth watching. I know it usually comes around on Christmas time. I can watch that movie anytime. But essentially, he has all these big plans, and they have, I memorize the script. You know, it's like I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world because I can just see myself in that. Um, so he had these big plans to, you know go to see the whole world, build big skyscrapers and things, but all these little choices that he has to make chip away at that. So um, the savings and loan is getting ready to close, so he sacrifices his his, uh, time instead of his trip to stay and help his dad out, and then his brother comes and he's found this girl, so, you know, Jimmy Stewart gives him money to go to college, and so everything he does ends up trapping him in this town, Bedford Falls. Um, and then it gets to a point where someone made a mistake and he's out of money and he's going to go to jail or what have you. So um, he starts wishing that 
he was never born or something like that. And so his angel comes down and grants him that wish to see what, so he gets to see what life would be like if he was never around um, and all the choices that he's made and how, how all the people's lives that he's come in contact with would be different if he hadn't have been there. It's great, great movie if you haven't, haven't seen it. Um, it's the kind of idea of the butterfly effect, isn't it? That yeah. like we think of ourselves sometimes as quite small and insignificant, but actually even like little tiny kindnesses that we do. That's right. Butterfly yeah. flaps its wing in one part of the world and it causes an earthquake in another one. But in, and you know, you're right, you never know. And this is why that whole thing about being kind to strangers as well. One, you never know what battles are going on in their head. And two, you never know what sentence. And I can think of a number of people who changed my life for bad and for good by a simple sentence which you wouldn't think is that powerful but it has huge consequences i'm thinking someone that i really looked up to they said something to me and they probably didn't even mean it but it just changed the course of it made me throw away everything that i believed up until that point and to completely adapt is it a teacher or just no no it's close 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 relative yeah um and they just said it probably in a meaningful way and didn't realize the impact of what they had. They, they probably, what they didn't know, because they, they weren't in my head, they didn't know how much of what I was wanting to do with my future was tied up in, in belief and how passionate I was about that. And then they destroyed it with a simple sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just walked away from everything that I'd been so passionate about um, and chose. But saying that, so back to the same loop that we're on now, had that little sentence not happened, I probably wouldn't be sat here doing this podcast so it all kind of works itself out in the end you know you think of those tiny little things like that yeah um, that we have should we take a quick break and talk yeah. up on the on the then there's uh there's been some really good stuff we've been um a lot um that i'll stick in the show notes about choices and yeah how we how we might have too many choices too many choices so, uh, i think that's a good yeah, that's a good one to come back on. Do we have too many choices? And, yeah. and maybe, maybe we're spoiled by the luxury and maybe, of choice. And maybe this this idea about looking back and contemplating the road not taken is actually something that we do more and more because we perceive ourselves to have had so many more choices and options. Whereas, you know... Or not, or not maybe a lot. And maybe we felt like we didn't have... We had... What was it? There was a great saying. It's... um. And this was back in that Tom Stoppard book that we talked about last week. We had we had lots of options, but we never had a choice or something like that. Mm. And I think maybe we might be victims of that. Loads of options. And maybe people look and say, but I didn't have a choice. I had to do this. I had to work. I had to pay the mortgage. and do this. So Yeah, we, interesting. Yeah, so cool. Let's, um, we'll pick back up with that. Let's yeah, cool. top up on some, some what, what do we call it? This is a hunt machine coffee stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Casa. Yeah. Ambrosia. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born. And as an independent podcast, it is supported by listeners like you. Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school like talking to your friends. Haha. <laughs> Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to this show by going to havanacafesessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode, and thanks again for listening. So, uh, yeah, I watched this great TED Talk. Um, well, you watched it too, about Bar- from, let's see, Barry Schwartz, who, yeah. wrote, uh, who studies the paradox of choice. And his, you know, it, it's funny, because I started listening to it, and his basic thing is that, you know, we have this idea in Western culture that the way of, he starts off like the way of finding happiness or in the case of a society providing for the welfare of 
everybody in the society is to give them more freedom. And by more freedom, what we mean is more choice because then people can decide what they want to do to make themselves happy. So the, the kind of onus of responsibility for finding your own freedom. And I mean, we have this, you know, in the U S this is in the declaration of independence, isn't it? Or no, the, what is it? That's, um, you know, like you have the right to pursue happiness in your own way. And so, so it's kind of embedded in the very core so that we don't even think about life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Exactly. That we don't think about the equation that we have set up or the premise that, is the way that we define happiness and freedom is is by an ever increasing amount of choice and options. But do you know what? I think that sometimes people don't like too much. Well, this is choice. exactly his point because basically he's saying, okay, now we know a lot of the positives about choice. We don't, you know, he's not saying we want to go back to the old, you know, the good old days when there were no choices. You know, this is not the ideal, and obviously there are, there are cultures and societies where people don't have enough choice, but uh, he's a psychologist and his whole, you know, life has been studying the fact that what are the negative impacts of all these choices that we have? Says this is a really hysterical moment where he talks about going in, he says he always wears jeans and there used to be kind of one kind of jeans and then you'd buy that and they would fit a bit crap and you'd wash them and wear them and wash them and wear them and eventually they'd fit okay and you know that's how it would go and eventually he went into a store and they had like a hundred thousand pairs of different kinds of jeans mm. so it's like you know do you want slim fit or boot cut or relaxed that's the same fit with our or, coffee as well well it, and this <laughs> is his point kind of with everything but he's kind of describing this one moment where he and he says um he said I want the kind that used to be the only kind. Uh, I like <laughs> and, it. Uh, so, of course, the shopkeeper had no idea, or the, the guy that was helping him out had no idea which kind that was. So he ends up, you know, coming out, and he said, I got a much better fitting pair of jeans. Like, I got the best pair of jeans that I had ever had, but I actually felt worse. Yeah. And so I, he said, I've spent the rest of my career trying to figure out why this happened. I like which it. Which is really funny. You know, we have these like moments and it's like this resonant question comes into our mind. Like, how is it that all of these choices that I had have are supposed to make me happier? And indeed, I have gotten something better than I used but to get. But the process I'm walking there. Exactly. And, and yeah. I'm walking out feeling worse. Yeah. So how does that work? So, Andrew Dice um, Clay has a great skit. I'll see if I can find it on coffee. Same premise. He said he went into order coffee and there's all this. <laughs> and he said, I just want a coffee flavored coffee. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, so I have, to, I have to dig that one up. But you know, one of the things that I enjoyed about the military, and this is a very small thing, but back to your point about choice, is that we wore, I didn't have to have make any choice about what clothes I wear. It's BDUs. Yeah. <laughs> or the same thing every day. But you know what? Taking away that choice frees up so much energy. You don't yeah. have to think about, well, what's the, you know, and who, and yeah. should I wear this shirt or that, yeah. or that tie? It was just jump in the same yeah. clothes. Everybody was, you know, same uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I yeah. suppose that's their argument for uniforms in schools as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Just, but it frees up so much energy. You don't even have to think about, Yep. What am I wearing tomorrow? Or what? No, then that's just. I want to get back to that point because I feel like that's kind of the key is about limiting your choice. But mm. basically, he kind of, you know, so he goes on. He talks about kind of the explosion of choice, whether it's like consumer goods or, you know, like. And I've had this experience recently where, um, you know, even in in the doctor's office now, you have a choice. It's like, do you okay? So here are the drawbacks and benefits of this course of treatment and these are the drawbacks and benefits of this other course of treatment it's up to us to decide now it's like a horrible like position to be in because of course we, but i always turn it back on them even when i go in the shops and go we got this drink this drink and this drink you choose <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i think in the yeah. states that works less and less with doctors because they won't choose for yeah. you because you yeah. know of liability things but you know of course then what you're talking about we have identity we can choose our identity every single day we can just decide to be someone different um, and you know, when he talks about like, how, what's an example of being well, able to decide? Well, for instance, he's, he's saying that something as, um, taken for granted as gender is now up for a decision. 
So not that that's a bad thing because obviously, you know, people want to feel true to themselves, but he's just kind of, I think he was kind of bringing out just the explosion of choices that we now have that just did not used to be there for us and how much this takes up so much effort in our own minds that we're just constantly making all these decisions all the time about what we're wearing and what does that mean about who we are. Think of all the influence that pushes that though. We wouldn't be trying to make a choice between uh, thousands of different genes if consumer society didn't say, hey, there's all these different types of genes. If you went to the store and there was only three genes, um, you would pick one of the the sort of three. Exactly. So he says all those choices led to two negative effects. One is paralysis because often we have so many choices that we just don't make a choice. That, so we just sit in this space of just like agony where we just can't decide. And I think I see this a lot with people who, you know, like when you're coming out of university and it's like, I could be anything. Cause that's what we've been told our whole lives. Isn't it? Like you can be anything. And I was like, how can you be anything if you can be anything? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you sort through the millions of job po- and career possibilities if you feel like you can be anything, you know? So I think that you can see how in, in certain, you know, some people have, have things that are a bit more clear for them, but there's a lot of people that come out and you just don't know what to do because. And I think the the, the failing that I think in that, and maybe this is a different topic is that we, cause I grew up and my mom kind of raised me in that, you know, it can be anything you want to be. And you have that choice to do that. And it, but the second part of that is helping them then with how to decide. So giving them a mechanism for yeah. making decisions. So yes, you can be anything you want to be, um, and free them. So and it's like so. If I'm thinking about what helped me, it was yes, you can be. So be what you want to be. Don't be influenced by my. It's like my mother was like, you, you don't owe me anything. You don't owe anybody anything except yourself. Was kind of the underlying message. So you choose what you want to do. Don't be influenced by whether I'm going to approve or your dad's going to approve or society or your friends. It's your life you choose. So I think some of the paralysis maybe in the example that you were using there is that we've got so many different influences telling us that this choice will lead to this and it's going to lead to this success and going to have these things. And then you become, well, you're afraid to make the wrong choice. If I choose right. to do this thing, Will it lead me to this, the magical kingdom? Yeah. Um, and I can't see a clear road that says it's going to lead me to the magical kingdom. So I'm not sure if I go this way or, or that way. Or not making the choice can be bad as well. Um, because my son, of course, is at that, you know, he just finished uni. And now the whole sort of world is open to him. <laughs> so, you know, there's loads that he could, he could do. But his girlfriend just got a job at a big company. And for me, I was like, that's the beginning of the end of you. So if you had all these dreams and plans, <laughs> by taking that job, you're done. Because they start off on a good salary, 30,000 pounds as a starting yeah, salary. They go good. from, you know, having very little to 30,000 pounds is a lot. Mm-hmm. But what she's going to do, and this ties back to one of our other podcasts about consumerism, is she's going to buy things, even if it's something like a car. And the car yeah. has to be fed. And I might get a place to live, and then that's got to. And so suddenly, I've got this influx of money, and I start buying goods. The goods then need to be fed, yeah. And so I have to keep that cycle. The amount of people that I've meet in the when I'm doing corporate work, who said that they only came for just so they could figure out what they were going to do, and it's like 20 years later on, and they're still in the same place because right. you just get in and you get used to the money and you don't want to give that up and then you come back to your choice things here as in I've started this life and I'm moving well, up I this ladder. That, I think that's the real like nail on the head is how do you make a decision out of a vast, so many vast, you know, possibilities. You know what helped me? Hmm. And it's a Nike commercial, so it might sound a bit trite, but it's the, and I can remember the moment where I figured this out, which is just do it and figure out and deal with the consequences later. And it was um, it was the high dive. We had to do combat survival. 
swimming thing. We had to do it all like gear on and my pack and the weapon, but we had to go up to 25 meter board. And it's petrifying. I don't know if you've ever been up that high to look at the water yeah, to say jump. Yeah. And that's just scary as heck. And and I didn't want to jump. And then something in my head said, you know what, just jump. And then <laughs> you, 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 once you jump, you have no choice but to fall. It's kind of how I looked yeah, at it. And yeah. then you'll either you're going to die or whatever, but yeah. you can figure that out. <laughs> <after you've laughs> to put the woman's spin on this, this is how I see labor. It's like you just have to get through the first stage of labor. But once you're into a certain point, like, it's you got to push or that baby's not yeah. coming out. And there's only one way out of that situation. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that, and then, yeah. but I've taken that and I approached probably everything with that is like, you but know, the question I, is like, where, how do you decide what to do? You know? So, so for me, I feel like I had a real light bulb moment because of course I have this kind of practical side that has always kind of been in my head saying, you know, being a writer seems really like chancy, mm. you know? So you need to kind of have a, a other thing that you do for money and, and you no know, more practical. B. Well, exactly. So I had, I was, I was walking through the park and again, like you said, you know, you have these kind of light bulb moments. I remember exactly where I was. I was pushing my, my young son and I had been, you know, every six months I'd kind of done this whole loop in my head of, well, what am I going to do? you know, and, uh, you know, when, you know, this baby isn't a baby anymore and blah, 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 blah. What kind of job am I going to get? Da, da, da. And I had this moment where I was like, you know, Sarah, you don't have, and this is how I was talking to myself. So it was the wiser self in me uh, talking to me, <laughs> talking me down from the, like from the uh, ledge was, uh, you, you don't have all the options in the world. You can't be anything. You don't have a, you know, you know, you know, it's like, you're not, you don't have a medical degree and a law degree and all these other degrees that you could just, well, maybe I could be this and maybe I could be that. And maybe I could be this. Like actually writing is what you know how to do. You got to make that work because this idea that you have all these options. And so I kind of feel like there, it's not true to say we could be anything because we can't all be anything. Like I have an internal tremor. I cannot be a surgeon, you know, like I can't. Yeah. So, but we've been raised in Western society and this idea that 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 is a really bad thing, that we should always strive to have as many options and choices as possible. And actually I think, and what, what Barry Schwartz has come to in his, all his research is like, it's not good to have no choices, but there's a middle ground of having like a few choices, but not too many. And, And there's no kind of, exact formula no for that, that yeah, there's no the exact number? formula for that but you know i think it's safe to say we've surpassed that uh number of ideal into we have way too many choices now so you know he's so, so the other thing he kind of says which gets back to this whole explaining why he felt worse coming out of the shop buying the better pair of jeans is that the perception we have that we have all of these choices also raises our expectation for what we are supposed to have and feel at the end of making a choice. So what happened when he went in is when he thought there was only one pair of jeans and then he comes in and there's a hundred pair of jeans, he thinks, well, there's a hundred pair of jeans. I'm going to find a perfect pair of jeans. Can I say something about... Because what, what's coming to my head is this, that does that only matter in instances of things that you care about? Like for me, I don't care about jeans. So the fact that yeah, there was a hundred, yeah, I, I would have just walked in and grabbed a set of jeans. I wouldn't even, yeah, you know, it would have never crossed my mind to think, yeah. oh, let me find the perfect pair of jeans. One, because I don't really care about it. So I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that I wouldn't do. I'm just thinking there's, because I'm, I'm, I, as you were saying, I was just thinking, what are some of the things that, that I care about that I would want to yep, yep. figure out what the options are because most times I just don't really care that much about it so it's easy to make well, a choice yeah exactly there's this other um that's so interesting because basically there's this other TED talk by this um woman called Sheena Iyengar called the art of choosing and she's looking at choice from a cultural perspective um, mm. starting to study in Japan and then she kind of does tests all over the world because um, she's a psychologist and uh 
she talks about when she was in uh, Russia and kind of the Ukraine, so in the border, so and post-communist. So she's talking to a bunch of people who are raised under communism with almost no choices in mm. consumer products and all that kind of stuff. And suddenly everything's kind of exploded. So she, she said that actually every time they came in to do these, you know, tests and interviews and stuff like that, she offered them a range of seven different sodas. So Sprite and Coke and Pepsi and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then one guy came in and he was like, well, there's only one choice. It's soda, soda or nothing. And he had perceived all of those, whereas, you know, what she's saying is an American or a Westerner would perceive that as seven different options. Mm. He's perceiving it as one option. And her point to that is exactly what you're saying, that we don't all perceive choice in the same things. So whether it's culturally or individually, like you don't care about making a choice. And so you're not making a distinction between the different pairs of jeans because it's just not something you care about. But you might, (laughs) you might make that distinction. Exactly. If it's my laptop, I was going to say gadgets. Then then I'm looking and say, well, and I do some research and think, well, which one's going to fit? And which, and which features do I want? Yeah. As, and because then I don't really care about the others. I think it comes down to that for me. So yes, you're right. When I probably put more care into if I'm going to get a new laptop and I think, well, and my approach to it is what do I want and then what can fulfill it as opposed to, hey, there's 20 laptops here. Let me go figure out which one it is. It's but like I think the thing is, and what this whole Barry Schwartz TED Talk really drove home for me is like we're coming to so many crossroads. We have this perception now that we're at a crossroads like every minute of our day because we have to make so many decisions. So it's like it almost becomes overwhelming. We're not evolved to do but this kind we, of why thing. Why do we feel that we have to make decisions? Because some people would say like, you know, you know, if you put it into perspective of do you live for today or live for tomorrow? Well, it's, it's in the sense that like when you walk into a shop, I mean, if you're looking at consumer goods, yeah. then you walk into a shop and there used to be only a couple of different computers and now there's literally hundreds of combinations of things. And in your workplace, there used to be like only one retirement package, and now there's like 10. You have to understand and sort out. So we're just almost on information overload because every single decision that we make is like we have so many choices to choose from. Or we is have it this, options? Or options or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but you got to choose between the yes, options. Yes, exactly. But, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. but, you know, it's like I can, un, you know, you can, I, I certainly feel this. Like it, it gets to the point where it's like, Oh, just, I don't want a choice. Do you know what I'm just wondering now? Because we were talking about personality profiles and kind of where we sit. And I think where I sit on that spectrum is because I don't like details and order. Whenever you throw so many options, I just choose one because it doesn't really matter to me in that Yeah. In that sense. Whereas I suppose that's true. More detail-oriented people would, mm. would yeah, like get more that. hooked in. <laughs> Yeah. And then just kind of roll with it in the figure. If it doesn't work out, I can always make a new choice at another date. Almost like cross your bridges when you get to them, burn them behind you as another barring from stoppered again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of that. Um, but I but think what about if, life if, choices then? But if you have, you know, if you have a personality that's more detail oriented, then every. That must drive you nuts though. Yeah, no, I think so. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, my brother's like, like this. He's he's very detail oriented and it does drive him nuts. You blow your mind. Because about, you're constantly kind of rethinking, did yeah. I make that right decision? Did I make the right choice? Mm-hmm. And then I'm weighing up all these different options. It could probably consume your life. Yeah. What so, about life choices though? Yeah, what? What about them? That's yeah. the thing. Do we have lots of options in life? I think we perceive that we do. And certainly like you look on Facebook and stuff Mm. and you're being thrown alternative lives in your face all the time, aren't you? Between Mm. like the television and... Some people will say back, like some of the ones that I meet in the work that I do when I'm corporate say they don't have a choice. They hate Mm. their job, but they don't have a choice. I've got to be here because I got bills to pay and people to feed. Hate the job. Did they perceive that they ever had a choice? Like, did they perceive that at some point they made a choice, but they're they're kind of... But they look at it that way. They look at it, it's just mm, life, almost like almost, I want to say... Drove them. I would stop short of saying victim, but they look like, you know, the circumstances were just here and I had to get a job and I got a job, didn't have a choice, had to get a job. This is the one that came and now I'm here. And, you know, it's great for you to be thinking about all these things and saying, yeah, you can... 
you know, make other choices now, but actually I have no choice because I've got to feed the family. So they've positioned themselves in a place that says, well, I have no choice. I have they, to stay in this do job. Do they have dreams of kind of an alternative life? They do, yeah. but they have no choice. So that's just a dream and that's just a wish. And, mm-hmm. you know, some, and so, and the ones that dwell on this alternative bit are the, and, and say I have no choice is the ones that are sad and unhappy. But yeah. then they feel stuck in their space because I have yeah. no choice. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's, that's the negative aspect of that and not believing that you have any choices at all. Um, yeah, because they don't move, but they're unhappy. Well, it's funny. I, you know, I kind of wonder, too, whether some of that is because if we're fed this idea that we have so many options when we're young and then we come up against circumstances that direct us or limit our options we feel that in a much stronger way than perhaps maybe might but does if- some of it come back to courage if you think of some of of some of our historical figures take jesus take buddha take um uh what's that other one uh that wrote the prophet all of them at one point in time they had riches and families and that kind of stuff and decided to they made a choice to leave all that behind, family, the whole gig, yeah. which is a massive choice, but yeah. that takes massive courage. But they yeah. believed in the, their idea, what they wanted to put across, and that that idea was more important than anything, including f- friends and family, that they walked away from that. So is that some of it that we sometimes don't have the courage to choose? And I'm thinking about the people who say, well, I have no choice, i got to work this job. Yeah. Is it that they don't have the courage or the belief that they can overcome whatever hardships that might come from leaving that job. Well, it's, or it's leaving funny a- because it's like, you know, I think that in a way you see more often that feeling that you don't have a choice or options in the more important things in life is kind of what you're saying. Often people feel like that, but we're looking for co- all of our choice is being directed towards consumer goods. Because I bet these people are still buying all kinds of stuff and wanting, you know, they, well, they want, want the company. Well, so they fall back to the Maslow thing, though, isn't it? So I want a roof over my head. I want clothes. I want to be comfortable. So security is probably the thing that's driving them. Yeah. And to make a choice means to become uncomfortable, which means, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And so they opt for the security piece. So they probably have the they have the faculties yep. to do but yep. the choice between being comfortable and uncomfortable known and unknown i know what i know and do these people feel like it's their fault or they because one of the things that um one of the the last kind of really interesting things that barry schwartz's research points to is that when there's only one option like there's one pair of jeans if those genes don't fit very well, or if, say, we're in a society in which you just do what your dad did, you know, you inherit your, your job, then if, if that's the world in which everyone lives in mm. and you're not loving your job, it's not perfect, well, that's just life. And that's kind of, it's, I suppose, the world's fault. Whereas what we've done is... There's a hundred thousand different options that we're at least told are there for us. Whether or not we feel capable of grasping them or not is a different thing, but we're told that we have all these choices. And if we don't make the perfect one, which how can you ever make a perfect choice? Hmm. Then the fault is with us now. But isn't that the downside of downfall of man, though? If we want to go biblical on this. Because they had paradise, didn't have to make choices. But then they made a choice, good versus evil. Well, I, th- I suppose the whole thing is that like when there's only a few choices and you make a choice, like say maybe not, maybe having only one choice is not the right idea, but say you have only like two or three or four choices. But it's only when someone plants something in your head that it's not good to not have choices. Because I'm thinking of, of you think of how society has changed a lot, where maybe when I was in a tribe and, yes, I did what my dad did, and I didn't question it. It was like, okay, yeah, I'm a sheep herder. It's great. But then somewhere where we either because we got more rich or opulent or whatever, where it's like, oh, actually, 
In fact, the perfect movie for that is Ants, the Woody Allen film. Oh, yeah. Watch that one because it was when they were digging in the thing and, and someone's and he decided not to dig. And, oh, you, mean, you mean we got a choice? And that just disrupted society. But before that, all the ants were happy. They were yeah. happy that I was a worker and I go and I dig and nobody was questioned being a worker and the soldiers yeah. weren't questioning being soldiers. <laughs> yeah. And then Sylvester Stallone's well, character is down there and then he said, oh yeah, yesterday I was a soldier and today I'm working. And, and then yeah. someone's like, oh, we got a choice. And then yeah. that messed things up. So if we plant the seed that says, actually, you have all these choices and if someone's oppressing you, you're being oppressed by not being able to see your different choices. Do we make that person discontent and un unhappy because we created the condition that says, yeah, you know, you don't and have I th I, th I think to a certain extent that is true. And, and for me, there's a, a few like kind of Buddhist things that have come up. So one is that um, in Buddhist kind of way of thinking, there's different categories of what you might call pain or dissatisfaction or suffering and whatever negative word you want to have. And one of those is just ordinary suffering. So like if you stub your toe, it's going to hurt. Now it's going to hurt if you're an enlightened person or not, you know, but what you're talking about is the kind of suffering that we cause ourselves by all this like mental spinning, mm. you know, where it's like, do we make the right choice? Do we make the wrong choice? Are we a bad person because we weren't able to make the right choice? All the, you know, all the kind of angst that we have is, is self-created. And I think, you know, having too many choices or, or the perception of too many choices, it create it like increases that quite a lot. And it gives us a huge mountain to climb. And it's a lot over. of, it's a lot of forces that are at play here. Cause it, you know, you say there's, I was driving, we drove up to Scotland a few weeks ago, and you look at the various different types of cars, and again, it's like there's no reason to have there's so many different brands and so many styles of cars. Absolutely, all it needs is some wheels and an engine and some seats in it and go. But we've got so many choices of yeah, different Yeah, but do you cars. feel like that about your tech stuff? Well, if, again, if there was just something that was there and it worked, why do we need all the... I mean, like, for instance, yeah. I, I have... I So I go for not getting the maximum of what it can do, but getting the minimum for what I... I want to be able to do this. So I actually don't care about any of the other options on this machine here. Can yeah. it do this, this, and this? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it can. That's yeah. all I, I need yeah. to know because I'm not going to waste any time on the other things. And, you know, the the one of the studies that that... Um, Sharma Inger did was a lot about doctor stuff and interviewing people who have had kind of procedures and stuff. And this is something I really noticed like from personal experience. So I just had this, you know, slice on my face. But the thing about that was I had a small surgery about it. There was no question about whether or not it was going to happen or what I should do or whatever. And so there was very little kind of to think about or, or anxiety that came with stuff. Whereas I see other, you know, family members and friends that have gone through, you know, things like cancer or or just other health issues where you have to make a decision about what the next treatment plan is. And they say, okay, here's this option and these are the, you know, risks and here's the statistics and here's this option and here's this option. And you have to make that choice. Actually, what um, studies have found is that people feel like they want that control, like they want to be the ones to make the decision. But actually, if you look at people who were in France who didn't make the choice, the doctors made the choice under the national um, mm. healthcare system there, and you look at Americans who the choice is almost entirely in their hands, even you know, looking at same outcomes and negative outcomes, the people in France felt more at peace and the people, you know, so it was quite interesting. And I do find that that, for instance, is one area in which that's where the stress comes. It comes from like a feeling of having to make a choice. And it's not so much not the choice, isn't it? It's the consequence. If I make this choice, what is the consequence of making it? And am I going to make the bad choice? I think it's more that than it is yeah. a choice. It's like, what is the... And the idea that there is a good choice amongst these things and you can't necessarily figure out which one it is. 
I think can be like and if a we scary go back feeling. to that um because we talked about existentialism at one aspect because one of the things that leads you to your existential crisis is when you realize that all your choices don't mean anything anyway because mm. we're all going to die doesn't it so yeah. I mean, but and, and in essence that kind of helped me a lot of times mm, knowing yeah. that because it's like you know what and the question i'll ask myself is is this going to matter on my deathbed and if i can answer no <laughs> then yeah it just don't really it just doesn't really matter because yeah. it all ends in the same way yeah regardless of what what we do yeah um, and that helps me to refocus sometimes I, that. yeah i think where i've kind of come to with you know just thinking about different ways that this happens for me in my life for me it's it comes back to actually limiting your perception of choice is actually more helpful so you don't want to limit it down to like the people you talk to where you're like i don't have a choice mm. but you want to limit it down from i could do everything or i could you know, because it's just too much. And then our expectation of what that choice, you know, perfect choice out there is going to be is so high. We'll never be able to actually meet it. You know, so if we have this perception, for instance, that the career we choose, we can do anything, then whatever we choose, the moment that we're kind of slightly dissatisfied one day at work, we're like, oh, I made the wrong decision, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and understanding the forces though. Why are you making the choice? Are you making the yeah. choice to do this career versus that career because of prestige, because of I can make tons of money so I can buy this big giant mansion and all these cars? So why are you making the choice that you that you are making? Are you doing it because that's what you think that your parents wanted you to do or your spouse wanted you to do? So there's all those forces. Um, that go into play as well. And we're very uncomfortable with the idea that everything is not under our control and that the idea of all of the um, random influences that pushed us in one direction or another. Whereas again, in kind of Buddhist thought, this is the essence of like realization is the idea of emptiness. The idea that no thing, including you, exists in and of itself. You are just simply factors and conditions coming together for a particular moment in time. And when those conditions, like all the different conditions that mean that your body can stay alive, for instance, much less like be clay or be hmm. Sarah. If any of those come apart, then it comes apart again. And all of those forces go back out into the universe and become something else. So, you know, for, for people in that kind of mindset, this isn't so much of a problem because this underlies everything that they believe anyway. Mm. Okay, so Do you know so what I mean? Like what Stoicism is based off of that yeah. as well, isn't it? In, in that it's kind of like just let go. We're all just that, a bunch of coincidences anyway. Yeah, well, what's, what's under your control and what's not under your control and, and really categorize those things and everything that's not under your control, you just let go because there's just... You know, yeah. other, all you're going to do is cause yourself angst and I suppose it feels hard when it's your life sense. though, isn't it? Well, not really, because your life mm. can end in seconds. So, yeah. you know, it's like, it's one of those, for me, it's that's how yeah. it is. It's like, yeah. it, you can hang on too tight, but, you know, yeah. you're hanging on too tight in vain because you ain't getting out of this thing alive. I see, I can't remember who said that saying, but, yeah, yeah nobody's getting out of this thing alive. Um, so, you know, just go and, and deal with it. The bridge and cross. And it was a, it was um, in the warriorship stuff. And it's like knowing what to do when you don't know what to do is one of the things that you have to grasp as a as a warrior mm. in this, this aspect. And if you have the confidence that you know what to do when you don't know what to do, then you take more risks because it's... Yeah, right. Uh -huh. If I get into that space, then yeah we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out at that point. I'll uh, leave you with a one of the most uh, important feminists of all time. Uh. Uh, Simone de Beauvoir says this, I do not know where I might be have been led by the paths that, as I look back, I think I might have taken, but that, in fact, I did not take. What is certain is that I am satisfied with my fate and that I should not want it to change in any way at all. So if I look upon these factors that helped me fulfill it, then I look upon them as so many uh, fortunate strokes of chance. I like it. So... There you go. Path not taken. We've got to do a show on feminism Lucky. at some point. All right. But I think it's a brave one because I got some issues with, with feminism. So um, we'll have to do one. Yeah. On that. yeah. That sounds good. Good.
All right. Cool. All right. All right. So that's that. You're going to, yeah. Okay. Road not taken. Road Don't. not yeah. taken. Yes. Yeah. And do that. Do this. Um, I'll leave you with this exercise. It's this breadcrumb one. Yeah. Um, it's a go back. Um, whatever period of time that you want to go back. Go back to the beginning. And think about all the small, tiny, little, insignificant choices that you made that have had huge impacts on your life. Like whether you, like I, for instance, what, what, the example I used yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I go to and Starbucks so what, what or And so what is the kind of today? aim of doing that exercise? I think the aim of doing it for me was to see what influences have led me to this space that I am now. That's what it, that was. That was the point of doing that exercise for me to understand um, what are the influences there. And then the other side of that was that if you take away any one of those little choices, then you wouldn't have what you have today. Yeah. So it also, in a sense, then makes you appreciate what you have today as well. Yeah, and also I suppose it also then gives you the sense like, well change isn't necessarily as hard as we think we just have to change one little mm. thing and something is going to change and it also makes you more cognizant of the tr- future choices you're going to make yeah. if you look back and you say well i made that choice so now i yeah. become more cognizant of the choices that i'm making today yeah. because 10 years from now <laughs> all these little choices that i'm making now is yeah. going to lead me to we'll look back years another, hence another space yes because yes. then you'll do it again and say yeah but so so part of that drill is yeah okay well let's be conscious about the choices that we make knowing that they have impact into the future. Cool. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.